Hello, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, the podcast where myself and a few of my friends get together and discuss nerdy things. Just a reminder, if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to Seriously Pointless Conversations' YouTube channel, or you can find us on your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you for your support. Without you, none of this would be possible. Thanks for coming by. Now let's get into the episode. Hi, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, your Seriously Pointless podcast about our nerdy and geek things across time, and hi, welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations Sorry. About Culture. Yeah, I know, it's, it's, <laughs> that wasn't a retake, guys, that was just our really dumb bit that we were trying to make a, a dumb joke about the, uh, the game we're talking about today, which involves um, some timey, whiny, loopiness kind of, uh, Back and forthness, I guess you would say, wouldn't it, James? It does. So yeah, uh, that's 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 the. So today, before we get into the whole uh, whole spiel, where before you guys uh, kind of uh, say, well, WTF? I'm sure there's a lot of games out there that have timey wimey stuff in there. We're specifically going to be talking about Outer Wilds today, um, which is a game I believe is very near and dear to James's heart. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of our. Uh, I feel like. I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about this game, James. So this is a, a nice one. It's Outer Worlds is a 2019 game produced by Mobius Digital. Sorry, developed by Mobius Digital, published yep. by Annapurna Interactive. Uh, it initially came out for Windows, Xbox One, and PS4. And then in 2022, right before its DLC, it got ported out to the Xbox Series S, XS, and PlayStation 5. The central idea is that the character is exploring this solar system, and after 22 minutes, the sun explodes. You yep. get kicked back in time, and you go through this time loop of trying to figure out what the heck is going on while exploring things. So it's very, very, very much like in that time vein of like Majora's Mask kind of kind of stuff, right? Well, the actually, funny to mention that the developer for the game had something yeah. to say about that topic. He thinks this game is more like Breath of the Wild. Oh, boo. And that is a primarily exploration-driven game where people tell you rumors and then you have to go out and find them. He said Manjora's Mask is more playing with the time mechanic itself, whereas yeah. in this one, the loop is meant more just to create open exploration. So Yeah, so the time loop is it, it, it's, it's, definite, it's definite as opposed to with Majora's Mask. You can play a little tune and go back, you go back and forth, you speed up, slow Specific down. times and things like that. And you're... you're specifically trying to prevent the very end from happening essentially yeah well kind of you know what i mean yeah but so yeah that's that i can see that i can see that a little bit more so before we dig into like the the gameplay mechanics so where where did you let's do a meet cute where where did you originally get to play this where did i get this originally was it on steam i think it came out on either it was it might have been games with gold on xbox oh so gold so, so i think this microsoft one, actually snatched this one up yeah it was on. either games with gold or it was on game pass okay it might have been on game pass when we first started playing it no it was on game pass i remember because it left the game pass right before the dlc came out and i had to buy it to play the dlc sons I remember, of I, bitches i know they have a method of madness back there <laughs> they, they even for the games that are permanent on their on their on their on their on their uh game platform it, they have a mad method because i was i was curious the other day because i was like i haven't played fallout 4 in a while and so i went there to check even though i have it all on steam i could just download it i was just curious you have you can play the base full fallout 4 game on there but you have to play pay for all the dlc yeah. and i'm like really on fallout 4 i'm like come on man that's what got me to buy the dlc for the manhunter game too i mean uh 
They, I mean, to be fair, they're smart about it, so I get it. You know it. what? I, I got to play a game that I probably would have never picked up on my own. True. So. Very true. So, good. so you, you played it, it on Game Pass. I, I, Game I, Pass. I, and you you finished all the way. So on, unlike you on my end, I, 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 you, you actually pushed me towards this one a little bit. Yeah. The um, funny thing, we were actually talking about this game originally, and I was gushing about how excited I was yes. about this years ago. Yes. And he was really excited about the Outer Worlds at the yes. time. Yes. And we talked for about ten minutes about two completely different games. To be fair, it is it's literally like two <laughs> letters of difference. So, and I was just like, I that's why I was trying to have a conversation when I remember having this conversation with you about this, and I was just like, we kind of got towards the end of that conversation. I'm like, what the hell is he even talking? I'm like, you don't do that. Yeah, you sure you explore, but I'm like, what are you talking about? You go back in time, and I'm like, is this something I just haven't hit yet? But. But yeah, I, I actually that eventually after I kind of figured out after that conversation, figuring out what the heck you're talking about, I went and, and dug into this a little bit, and and I played it for a couple hours. I don't think I was in the right mood for it because I think at that time I was trying to play Subnautica two, uh, and so I think when I got done with that, I was a little a little burnt out. <laughs> yeah, you can't play exploration games back to back. It's have to like... yeah. I like, don't know what it was, man. This, there's a time loop mechanic essential to this, but as at its heart, it's an exploration and puzzle game. I can see that a lot. With a clock kind of ticking in the background. And yeah. so if you don't enjoy going out and just discovering things to discover things, then you won't like this one very much. I, but that's to be fair, though. I know, you know, exploration games, exploration and building games are your bread and butter. Like, yeah, you that's love, why I love you, them, yeah. You love those things. I have to take them in, in kind of strides. I guess in my realm, like it's kind of like with me and RTSs. Like, oh, exactly. I can, yeah. tell, I can tell you're like, you will play an RTS every once in a while, but you're like, Dave, I can't do, I can't do this. <laughs> I could literally play RTSs uh, or, or even just turn like big strategy games over and over because I, mean, I just love that kind of stuff could i sit and have fun at a land party for 10 hours straight with you absolutely yes could i sit by myself and play the single player campaign for single for 10 hours straight absolutely there's not. a reason why i have over a thousand hours in civ 6 yeah there's a reason i can't <laughs> even begin to understand that. <laughs> so but it's just accessibility but but obviously this game struck a chord with several folks because even yourself included because the fact that i got a dlc eventually it must must have been very good. So what did you like? Ex- yeah, it was extremely good, very successful. And to my knowledge, this is what started the current rash of time loop games that have been going around the last few years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your word on that because this, I don't this, think this, this one hit it big and then there was a DLC. Yeah. And then the game about the um, the Deathloop one where you're like the uh, the assassin. It's, it's just called Deathloop. Yeah, yeah Deathloop. Death and then Deathloop hit, and then everyone else is like, oh, here's two successful time loop games. Let's do that. And they did bad ones. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did do bad ones. That, Except for the one where you got to go back in Rome. I enjoyed that one a lot. That is that. So that feels more akin to this a little bit because I cannot remember the name yeah. of it, but I know what you're talking about. It's the Tal- It's not the Talos Principle. It's... um. Oh, that's the one with the robot. You like fall into the hidden valley, and you're like you're going back in time to solve these to figure out what happened. It's more similar to Outer Wilds, very much. I so I really enjoyed that one quite a bit. I have to look at the name of that while you're doing that. But so you you so you go in there and you start to play this a little bit. So it's it's obviously you said it's more of an exploration type thing. Yeah. So here, kind of an example. So the first part of the game, I'll I'll spoil the tutorial. I don't want to spoil like the main (laughs) part of the game, but. So the first part of the game, you show up and you're an astronaut on this little alien planet. You're actually your civilization's like sixth or seventh astronaut. It's like a new thing. 
And the first part of the game, you get told, oh, you need to get the launch codes for the rocket. And so to do this, you have to like make your way up to the observatory. And in tutorial fashion, as you make your way up to the observatory, you pass by kind of the training stations and you learn how to work your rocket. Sorry, interject. The Forgotten City. The Forgotten City. That one was great. I don't know yeah. why I had a brain fart on You that. learn how to work your rocket. You learn how to do stuff. And eventually you pass through a museum. In the yes. museum, you encounter this ancient Nomai statue. It's like this mm-hmm. pre-civilization that is, for whatever reason, scattered across the entire solar system. And the statue turns and faces you and flashes you with its shiny eyes. And then you kind of move on. You eventually make it to the top. You go to the observatory. You talk to your colleagues and you get the launch codes. So then you go down, you get in your spaceship, and you leave the planet for the first time. Yeah. You go out and explore for a little bit, and inevitably, after 22 minutes passes, the sun explodes, you (laughs) die, and you come back to the fireside where your buddy tells you to go get the launch codes. Yes. But now you already know the launch codes, and so you can just go straight into your rocket ship. So I think, And that's what kind of sets the whole game off for me, is it (laughs) says, oh, you can explore things and learn things, and then you can bypass them in the future. Yeah. So I think that's about where I got a little bit even past that. I think that kind of, I think between the fact that I'd already played kind of an exploration game and the fact that I was just like, when I saw this mechanic occur and I actually think I went and read up a little bit on it. I was like, I was like, I was like, no, fuck this. I don't want to deal with it right now. (laughs) Part of my French, but I was like, I I understand how that, I can understand how this would totally scratch your itch in your, Mm -hmm. in your, in your brain. But so, so obviously this is, the one thing I did notice, so I, I on researching on this, the one thing I did notice about this, which is really fun about it, is that it it is an exploration game, but there's no, it's not a linear exploration game. They he literally once you get that get to the point like you said where the sun explodes, you can literally go anywhere in the universe. Yeah, anywhere in the in, solar system. In the solar system, I apologize. In the yeah. solar system, and you explore can... anything you want, even if you don't really have all the information to do it yet. yeah you can do it any order and in fact you should do it in any order yeah which kind of makes it a which makes it a more of a unique experience as opposed to a lot of games where they're like they go in and they say okay you you get to this point in the game you, and you can't complete mm-hmm. it you can complete any part of this game yeah but it but if you don't have all the information obviously i've known i was i was uh, reading about this it will make it obviously harder yes and, and more difficult and you do have to kind of read and learn what's happening as you go because yes. The central idea is that you're trying to find out what happened to the Nomai when they were around, mm-hmm. what they were up to, and figure out why you're stuck in a time loop. Yes. And then eventually you use all that information to break the time loop. Yep. And yeah, you have to go to each of the major planets, and each one of them has kind of a piece of the puzzle and some of the explanation. It, it builds on itself. And So it's 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 a very stereotypical exploration game, uh, adventure game, I guess, in that way to... Because you're 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 hopping around and you're getting all the information, and you're kind of building on the lore a little bit more. Yeah. Mount, is there any way? Obviously, you can go through and just blast through it without getting all the information and whatnot. But I mean, do you feel like that takes away from it a little bit more if well, you don't if you don't learn about what's going on? You have to understand quite a bit of what's going on. Okay. Because the game doesn't feed you the solution at the end. You have to figure it out for yourself. Okay. Like so. it, it doesn't have like a quest progression where it tells you you do, your next job is to go here and do this. Yeah. 
Like it has like an in-game knowledge map where it'll show you areas you haven't found all the secrets. It might drive yet. me a little nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, at no point does it ever tell you what to do aside from get the launch codes and launch. I'm definitely that is the only <laughs> instruction you get for the entire game. I am very much a, a task-oriented individual. Well, unfortunately. And so. this might drive you more nuts. Is remember I've mentioned a couple times is a 22-minute cycle, right? Uh, yeah. So the solar system progresses through its loop. Yeah. And it just continues doing its thing. So, for example, the two closest planets to the sun, Ember and Ash Twins, yeah, they have this thing where they cycle around each other, and every time the gravity switches, like, the Ash will go from one planet to the other. Huh. And so, as one planet, so, for example, the um, as the Ash Twin funnels its Ash over to the Ember side, everything mm-hmm. on the Ember side gets covered up. Huh. And everything on the Ash side gets revealed as the map kind of progresses through. So you have to kind of watch that in time. You have to, to get pay over attention there. to it. Okay. Like there's a comet that flies through that you can only get to on certain spots. Huh. There's a space station on the sun. That's hard to get to. There's see that, that would interest me a little bit more. Like one of the, one of the planets has like unstable crust and it collapses over time. And so it's not just that you have to explore, but different parts of the puzzle are only accessible at different parts of the time loop. I, I, I and so it, uh, it becomes quite involved, actually, as you go along. But see, I would—I don't mind that. That—that that makes it a little bit more, a little bit more fun. I like. It's not that you can just go to one planet, solve that planet, and then go to the next one. I mean, that's yeah. That's the first phase of the game is kind of exploring each area, but it but puts then, an additional layer. Then, on as it. you're trying to put it all together, you've got to work out the timing of everything. Oh, I do. I do enjoy that. That that seems a little bit more up my alley. But like I said, I I don't know if I feel like. Man, it's just the wide openness. I there have definitely been a couple. I'm trying to remember. There was a couple of games that they do that with you, and they just don't give you any kind of direction other than just go explore, and that just drives me up the wall. And I get it. I get why they do it. But man, that is, man, that just that would just drive me insane. I I I want a target. I want the bad guy's base to go attack. I want no. I want I want the Diablo character to go kill. It's okay. I need I need my tasks. I like the little check marks. Yeah. It's a it's my my endorphin rush. And, but... the, and having the knowledge map helps because at the very least it tells yeah. you if you miss something. Okay, that would and, that would be a little more helpful. And it does kind of give you bullet points of what you discovered. And so if you're not sure what was important about what you found, it it will identify it for you. Okay. It'll say, here you discovered that this happens. I'm like, oh, okay. And so it, it, it helps and it gives it some structure to the whole thing. So you're not just flailing around wondering what you missed. Yeah, we don't want to be flailing. Flailing is bad, kids. Well, just especially that. the space game because yes. if you ever like accidentally leave your ship and the ship flies away from you, you're hosed. <laughs> <laughs> because this has the realistic form of space travel where there's things like gravity and air. You crack the glass on your mask, you just die. <laughs> so question. Even, so and also, this is something which, don't ask me how I know this, you have to put your suit on manually every time you get in the ship. And if you leave the ship without your suit on in space, <laughs> you just die. Hmm. Don't ask me how I found that one It's, it's kind of like, <laughs> that's like, it's real life, like James. It, it's, it has an authentic feel to it, which is, which is unique in a puzzle game like this. Well, it's good. At least they have kind of some of those tools and, in there to kind of like force some structure on you like yeah. that. That's good. And That's good. This might be a good or a bad thing for you, but there's no equipment upgrades. There's no ability upgrades. There's no unlocks in the entire game. So it's all it's all the only thing that you're unlocking is the knowledge on how to complete 
that's you know it. the puzzles and the, move to progress throughout the, the solar system yeah that is the only thing you've unlocked if okay. you really wanted to you could load the game for the first time and after you finish the tutorial at least you can beat it in about 10 minutes <laughs> that's funny <laughs> I would love to. I'm sure. So I'm sure you said. Obviously, you said that. So I'm sure somebody has speed speed ran it to do such a thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's amazing. The speed runs for this game are actually pretty cool. The, I would uh, have to check it out. Yeah. There is a lot of skill involved in doing this really, really fast because it's all 3D floating in space navigation. So huh. it's uh, it's a little tricky. Some of the things you have to do. I. That's really cool. So I know. Obviously, this is a tremendous game. But I. So. What about like where did where did this game exactly come from? I know you said it what the studio came from, but yeah. So the original, the creator of it, the first creator at least is Alex Bacham. He was part of USC's interactive media games division, and it was actually his master's thesis. And it eventually grew into full commercial release. He started in 2020, 2012, Sorry, it was his year long thesis for his advanced game project class, whatever that means. His original idea was that he wanted to incorporate kind of the exploration elements of Apollo 13 and 2001 A Space Odyssey, that spirit of going out and seeing what was out there. Like if you ever watched Kennedy's, you know, speech about sending a rocket to the moon, you know, because not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Yes. That kind of bumping in the chest. And so <laughs> to do that in the setting of like a uncontrollable space environment, like the fact that the... I, environment is inhospitable and merciless is part yes. of what makes space space very much and it's kind of just an open objective world where it's kind of aimless uh we mentioned earlier he had taken some inspiration from zelda games uh it heavily features camping as a big motif because that's just something which is part of him <laughs> and it kind of calls back to the feeling of being at home in a campground like there's astronauts that have kind of gone before you and there's one on each planet and you can find their campsite and talk to them. And so it kind okay. of calls back to that feeling. So the guys of the guys are there and you can still, you can actually talk to them. Yeah. Well, and you can actually find them too. Like you've got okay. your, one of the tools you have is a signal scope. It picks up on signals being sent. At you. I, I can see that. And yeah, each, that each of the astronauts have a different instrument associated with them. And so you can kind of hear their instrument out there in the galaxy somewhere huh. and fly to it. That's cool. I like that. It is pretty cool. So, I mean, obviously, you know, he, he started out of this off on his own, but I mean, eventually, like we were reading on here, so he eventually ends up uh, getting development with the, the yeah, so, other team members from University of Southern California. Yeah, yeah so the other people in, in his university, they start prototyping the game. They did what they call paper prototyping or a desktop role-playing session. They, yeah. brain, they brainstormed a narrative. They built it in Unity. They actually wrote it out as a text adventure game and processing for some that's, reason. That's rough. But, I hope he doesn't keep using Unity. He's yeah. going to make another one. <laughs> so. so they thought it was a good idea. So after they graduated, they got together and they made their game studio. They hired some more team members and it was going to be their first commercial release. Yep. Meanwhile, they had actually released some demos and stuff. Mm -hmm. And this Japanese guy, Masaoka who had previously worked as a programmer and founded Mobius Digital, oh, saw wow. the demo during the demo day at the university, decided that he liked it so much, he hired the entire team they had put together to bring them into his studio and bring the teleport. Dang, that's that's a dream come true yeah, right there. It's like it's like, you know, getting picked up by Steam or something. It's like you just essentially, like, yeah, yeah. It's like we love it. And he actually the game was going to be the first 
title that was going to be on the FIG crowdfunding site. I don't know if you remember that one. I vaguely remember it. It yes. was supposed to be a game development crowdfunding site. It didn't last very long. Yeah, I didn't think it did. But yeah, this was around. the first one that was for it, and the alpha release did actually make it to the FIG site in 2015. Now, it took a lot longer to bring out a polished game. It oh, actually yeah. went into 2019. It got funding from the publisher, which is Annapurna Interactive. Yep. They bought the rights out of from Fig at that point. Uh, Xbox One picked up the game, and Microsoft pitched some money in. And then eventually, the PC release was a timed exclusive for the Epic Game Store, and yep. they pitched some money in. So it got a lot of funding streams. But it did eventually come out in 2019. There was a little bit of drama, because now the original Fig supporters who were going to get a Steam key on Fig, now they had to pick it up from the Epic Game Store, and they were a little upset about that. <laughs> Especially the Linux people who could not use the Epic Game Store. <laughs> so it's like, why would you, like, just give us just give us the, the, the Steam key. It's all you gotta do. It's all you gotta do. But I could, I could totally see that's kind of a douchey move. You think they would at least, like, make an agreement, like, hey, you, here's a Steam key, but you can't have it until the time release is up, kind of thing. Yeah, and I don't know, like, at this point... These people have been waiting on this game for five years. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy. What's at this point, it's kind of like any other thing that I get whenever it's on a um, kind of a timed release, essentially. It's just, it's kind of like I had this uh, DVD from Mike Mignola about him, uh, basically a documentary about him and making uh, like the creation of all the monsters and where he comes up with all this stuff. It's really cool, but it's the same kind of concept from Kickstarter. Took like took like four years because it came out it initially started right right before the pandemic mm -hmm. like a lot of the stuff does and it kind of get hits a little bit of a bump on the road so that's yeah. why it happens but so. as far as reception goes metacritic it got 85 percent on that uh i think ign gave it an 8.4 it got an 89 on pc gamer like it got the, nominated for tons of awards so it looks like the lowest uh, thing it got was like 7.5 or whatever 7.7 yeah. whatever it was but it yeah. got indie game of the year in 2019 when it first came out uh it yeah. got a golden joystick award of some type i think as well and then it got a lot of awards. It was nominated for like 20 odd awards. It won I mean, like five or six. Yeah, it looks like it got quite a few game design awards, but it, like you said, a lot of a lot of indie game awards look like. But that's good. Mm -hmm. But so, do you know of anything that they're 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 planning on releasing the studio? They released a DLC I'm in 2022. Yeah, uh, and that one features another alien race related to the main plot. It has a contained world called the Stranger. Okay. And it's like this little, um, it's like, you know, one of those like uh, ring stations where they spin to produce yeah, gravity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like a, a river with like a series of like, you know, campgrounds and structures along the river. And it also makes use of the same kind of time loop exploration mechanic. Huh. But now it's more, this one features motifs of like death and life and virtual versus physical reality type stuff. That might be kind it of It cool. is pretty fun. It is. It is not directly related to the main plot, which is, you know, resolved, nice. which is resolved at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. But it's the same idea, and it's a new idea. It's it's, it's good. I enjoyed it. I might have to check it out. It see if I don't know. I mean, obviously, I know Outer Wilds is it's going to be all it's off the Game Pass. I might see if it's goes on Steam sale at some point at the yeah. end of the year or something like that. But that would be kind of nice to check out and maybe grab a hold of. But then in, there's so many games this year. It's just like. 
I need something to wet my like cleanse my palate a little bit. <laughs> Just something that's nice. That's a nice like twenty hour game. Yeah. So it's, it's on pretty much everything now. It's even they even managed to make it run on the Switch, which I'm not sure how they made it like this run on the Switch. But yeah, it's up for pretty much everything. It's not too oh, expensive, wow. and it regularly. I think this is easily one of the best games of the decade. It's for awesome me, for me at least. Oh yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say. It, I know it's it's original. It's a lot of fun. It's well, engaging. Nowadays, that's hard to pull off. I mean, just because a lot of things, any big titles, you get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna repeat myself like I do over and over again. Indie games are where it's at. Yeah, because these are the guys that come up with the new and fresh ideas. It's not these big AAA titles. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do you see anybody come out with a triple a title that has something brand it's literally like a brand new concept that's where you get things like mm-hmm. rogue legacy and uh binding of isaac even yeah. or but even the outer wilds and things like that you don't get a lot of things that come like come out of these big uh, uh companies other than like maybe nintendo every so often but it's usually yeah. nintendo is normally building off of I mean, someone it's iterations else's. on a good idea like yeah like arguably breath of the wild was the first game of its scope and size yes but was it a totally new formula no 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 no. it was done in a scale we hadn't seen before but it yes. wasn't a brand new idea and so triple uh, a games have their place yes breath of the wild is obviously an amazing game we're not saying it's not but i am oh. <laughs> i'm just being a jerk i'm being a jerk <laughs> but uh Indie games are where like a lot of the real excitement is. Yes, very that's much. Where so. you get some really cool, new, fresh ideas. I mean, that's that's kind of like why I I'm a huge champion because you get things like I said, you get like uh, vampire survivors, just things that just like scratch scratch an itch. You just think like you look at something like that and you're just like, who would have ever thought to make a game that's literally just <laughs> it's it just it's like a constant it's just like an auto shooter. You think it'd be on like a cell phone somewhere, but it's not. And it's just just a dopamine hit yeah, well, like every 10 just, seconds so i think it's just the cost to make these big triple a games very so much high. so like when you're dropping like millions and millions of dollars on yep. a game you don't want to take a risk with that i mean they, no, take, some, no. they take some risks obviously but they're looking for stability very much so. and i just always they're, compare they're, they're looking for that return on investment yeah i compare this gaming situation with the triple a games remind compared to say for example the super nes nes era where you could pop out a PC game out of your basement, and no. even like a Super NES game, you need a license for, but it wasn't outrageous. No, no, and not not like the cost of doing stuff now. No, well, even if you're gonna go off that, like you like, there's so many different like, you know, soft uh, uh, gaming softwares that you can run off of, where you can basically have they have preset assets, and you can or you can go in there, and it basically has just like generic models already pre-built for you to you can and you can render in them and things like that. Oh, like the Unity Store, yeah. Or even yeah. if you even if you just do Unreal, yeah, like Unreal do stuff for... like that, it's it's still very much much more accessible. Mm-hmm. But like you said, that it, it's it's much more accessible to the little guy, and they can get out there and they can make something. That's why I'm very much. When you hear me espouse this, like I'm, whenever they do things like raise their rates and things like that, I'm like, well, you're just going to cut. You're basically cutting off your, you're cutting <laughs> off your, you're, you're cutting out your, cutting off your hand, right? That's what it feels like. Yeah. The, a little bit. The fee per download thing was a little obnoxious. Yeah. I will, I, I will 100% agree with that. I but, did not enjoy that news. Well, I mean, they've already rolled it all back. So, I, of course, they're going to. And the guy, apparently, their CEO has been um, let go. <laughs> so you can see how that how that went. 
Well, what I'll be interested in is to see if they roll it back totally or if they deliver a soft version of the same uh, idea. They're going to do a soft version. I promise you that. Because that's this has kind of become the this has been the the playbook for a long time that it's become painfully obvious this last yes. couple of years is that you roll out something hard, people react, you roll it back, you fire somebody, then you put out something softer. Yep. And then you just kind of ratchet it up by degrees. I'm sure he got you a had nice... to get you had to get the door open because if they had started with the soft suggestion that was still in the same category, yeah, they would have got even less. It would have they would have got nothing, and it's yes, <laughs> I 100 agree, and that's yeah, yeah. But that's companies for you. It's mm-hmm. cut. It's a cutthroat world. But anyways, I just want to say, James, how many? So let me ask you this: How many time loops out of ten would you give this one? You know, maybe it was just when I was playing this, like during COVID, but this was a 10 out of 10 for me. This I can was, see that. This was an escape when I needed an escape. I can feel that. Yeah. I, I totally understand that because that was the way I felt about, I don't know if you ever, 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 ever seen the movie, What We Do in the Shadows at all. Yeah. They made a TV series about like the same thing. I've seen some clips from it. It seems really funny. <laughs> that came out just before. So they started to come out just before COVID mm-hmm. and I had never watched any of it. But that's what I did. It was it's, so. It's the whole show is the same thing. It was just it's just it's just escapism. That's all it is for was for me, and it was just the right of like, just just dumb humor mm-hmm. that I needed, and it made me. It's what I needed. Just kind of like how this made you feel. <laughs> I can. That's why I'm always like, whenever somebody's just like, "What are you watching right now?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm just rewatching." What we do in the shadows mm-hmm. constantly. I'm actually rewatching it again with Jackie because she's never seen it before. <laughs> but anyways, that's a whole other story for a whole other time. So, but it, it's the same concept, right? So we we really enjoy that kind of stuff. So I mm-hmm. I, I hope that you guys can go out there and check it out. Like we said, you can find this just about on it's any like twenty bucks or something full price. It's not that expensive. Yeah. So go support these little guys and and hopefully they can come out with something you know cooler, even better. Outer Wilds too, James. Maybe, I don't may, know. maybe, maybe they'll go, maybe they'll go bigger and better for something different. Who knows? But, mm-hmm. but either way though, I appreciate you coming in here and kind of, uh, telling me a little bit more about your favorite game. Maybe I'll actually go play it now, James. Who knows? You should, you should so, play it. But yeah, maybe you guys should go all, go, all you guys out there should go out there and play it. But you have your kids sit on the couch and watch you die over and over again. I'm sure they get a kick out of that. Oh, they, they make fun of me all the time. They go, <laughs> daddy, what's that? Are those the bad guys? All the time. And I'm like, yes, those are the bad guys. Why are we, what are we doing? Are the red guys the bad guys? Yes, the red guys are the bad guys. That's, <laughs> that's, I'll tell you that later. But anyways, guys, thanks for coming in and listening to us. Just FYI, you might have noticed this, this episode is going to be a little bit shorter. We've just had some time constraints this time around. We're going to try, hopefully, maybe next month to get back to our old routine. But uh, either way, hopefully, maybe enjoy the show. If you like them a little shorter now, just let us know and we'll go from there. But if not, I think we're going to go back to what we were doing before. But anyways, James. Thanks, and I will see you next episode. See you next time. All right. Bye, guys. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.